This episode was uploaded Saturday, December 31st, 2022, and you're listening to episode 17 of the 5x5 Room RPG Podcast. Finally over the holiday mood for giving? Well, too bad, because today is all about giving back to the gorgeous game masters in our lives. Whether it's snacks, hacks, or initiative tracks, this episode, Hollis and I talk about every gift we've always wanted from our players. The running time for this episode is 25 minutes. Welcome to the 5 by 5 room. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Hollis. And still in the spirit of giving, despite the fact that we're just past the Christmas holiday, we're going to talk about giving back to your GM, since we focused on loot rewards for players last time. It always feels like for players, you can figure out a reward or a gift to provide them within the game that's rewarding and will keep them coming back. But for the dungeon master, the game master that is running the game for you each week, it seems to be a bit more challenging. So we wanted to make sure we had an episode to address that. First up on the docket is helping out at the table. We've mentioned this a few times. We've said, hey, you should help out at the table. But let's try to go into a little more detail. So what can players do to help out at the table? One of the easiest things that I've come up with that seemed to be really, really helpful for me at my table is allowing players to create NPCs that I think is very, very useful across the campaign cycle. Sometimes this can be things that they build out of their own backstory, characters that they want to see in the future or characters they're familiar with already. But in other cases, this could be coming up with something entirely new that you haven't planned. And when we say making NPCs, we're not saying that they need to stat them out or build a character or any of that stuff. This is all just doing the basic legwork, giving us the name of the character, any kind of relation that they have to the campaign, so on and so forth. For NPCs, something I like to do for the players is also give them sort of a look behind the veil. For example, in Curse of Strahd, there might be a character such as Ismark the Lesser, who you know the players are going to interact with, but you don't know to what degree they're going to actually be able to to work with and get on their side and assist them with other activities. So instead of me role-playing that out, I will often reach out to a player and say, hey, here's a bit of a brief background about that character. Make it your own. How do you want to act this out? If anything, I think it also lets newer players develop those sort of acting and narrative chops that normally take a lot of time and experience to develop, giving them a character they aren't familiar with and just jumping into that role can often help. Yeah, even uh, I like the idea of if you have multiple NPCs that need to have some kind of dialogue in a scene, if you have a player that's willing to handle that other NPC so that the GM doesn't have to just talk to themselves, it's very helpful. I've encountered that a few times. It's definitely a bit awkward and you have to kind of do it a certain kind of way so that it's not really off-putting to the players at the table. Right. But if you have a player that is offered to help out, you can make a quick little synopsis and pass it off and you can actually have a fun conversation at the table without looking crazy. This will come up other times as we discuss these options, but it's important to remember that sometimes things like this, even though this is a gift for you as a DM and it makes your job easier, this can also be rewarding for players. The ability to play other additional characters or step outside of the realm they're very comfortable with, with the character they've created, can also be its own rewarding experience. So in a weird way, by getting the the help for you, you also give the players a little something. Yeah, I mean... Making the game that you're actively playing in better is its own reward. So another way that you can help out at the table, I like the idea of putting bullet points in my backstory. 
This is something that's an early game thing, but it could potentially come around later if you're updating your backstory. But if you're giving your game master a 20-page novel about your your character, it's not really going to all make it through. But if you have some nice little bullet points that say, hey, here's the things that are really important to my character, here's the people that are very important to my character, and here's the goals that my character is trying to accomplish, this is extremely helpful for a GM who is trying to you know, weave together three, four, five different character storylines into a cohesive story. On the Dungeon Master side, you've got so many things to work with in terms of backstories from your players. If they present you with a lot of information, it's really difficult to determine what is really important to them and what's kind of the extra chaff that you're decorating your character with that you will enjoy later down the line. So, like Jeremy has proposed, by having these really important bullet points so that you can focus on what they really want to see in the game, every time they sit down, they're looking for that giant morsel that they really want to see fleshed out in your game. We've talked before about a session zero and how important that is. I think that's a great time to bring that kind of stuff up. In your session zero, talk to your players and determine what their interests are, but take that time to let them know, hey, whatever you really want to see in the game, put a bullet point there so I can make sure that it is included. It may seem like you'll break immersion by having it heavy-handedly added, but players tend to not care about that. They want to see that the world that they've built for themselves is fleshed out in the game that they're playing. If I were to tie all of this that we've said so far up with a nice little bow, the big thing that I'm saying is a gift to your GM is ideas. Talk to your GM about where you see your character going, and this is also great, especially in D&D, you have subclasses, and maybe they're just something mechanical, but if you want to like draw them into something that's part of the story, this is a great way to tell your GM, hey, by the way, I'm thinking of becoming a dragon sorcerer. Maybe we encounter a dragon of some kind that I can make a pact with going forward. Oh, that's really cool. Maybe now the GM can bring that in. So when it comes down to it, ideas are a really good gift. If you've got something that you want to see done to your character or that you want your character to experience, let your GM know because they may not pick up on those subtle signals. Jeremy, actually, I'm going to give a lot of kudos to right here and now. In addition to creating a character for one of my games, he's also gone the route of creating the world that his character is from. More like a consonant, but it's all the same as far as I'm concerned. Because he was able to go into excruciating detail regarding the country that his character was from and had written about their political system and the way that the familial ties work, it allowed me as a DM to kind of take a backseat and use what they provided me as a basis to improve my game. A lot of times, you go through a lot of the effort of dotting the I's and crossing the T's for the things that make your world immersive. So when a player goes through that effort themselves and really fleshes that out, it really does save you a lot of time as a dungeon master. Yeah, cooperative world building in general is just a great idea because everyone gets to have their own little stake in this story that we're creating early on from the get-go. So these are some ideas for helping out the campaign narratively in a lot of ways. But there's also some meta ways that you can kind of help out on what's happening. I would recommend you can manage initiative. This sounds a little odd on first glance, especially because your GM usually handles it themselves. But there's nothing stopping you from at the start of the encounter. You say, okay, everyone, what are the initiative numbers? I'll write them all down, and I will keep track of that throughout the battle. This could be something you pass around so that different people do different duties, or you could just handle it yourself. I would say at the end of the day, it is the job of everyone at the table to make sure the game and every little piece of it that requires that sort of organization is kept, right? It doesn't hurt the game at all to have the players help manage 
these sorts of responsibilities in order to save time at the table. One of the most cumbersome aspects of running a game is all the little tiny things that you have to keep track of. So I'd add to this, another way players can also assist that way, is also having someone like a scribe. That is, someone that can take the notes of the previous session, and when the next session is to occur, that person can recite what happened the last time everyone played. Do not use this as an excuse as a dungeon master to not take notes. That is still very important. But use your players. Allow them to assist you with keeping the game tidy and organized. Another duty you could have at the table is a quartermaster. Someone who is tracking all the gold pieces of the party members, knows how much they have, and maybe has a way that they can share that information easily with the game master so the GM can say, oh, look, the party member has uh, like 15 castles worth of gold pieces right now. I should probably let them do some shopping soon. (laughs) While we're on the topic of money, though, this isn't for everyone. But let's say you've got in your head, I want to do something for my game master that involves a little bit of real world cash. There's plenty of options out there, but one of the first that comes to mind is you can offer to buy dinner for the group. You could maybe bring snacks, bring drinks, things that people love to have at the table. One thing that I must have at my table is some form of drinks or snacks, because that tends to be the preference of the groups that I play in. Even if it's just popcorn or leftover Halloween candy. All of these are great options to give everyone at the table so that they can have a little bit of something to share and snack on while the game is ongoing. I would caution, however, about a bit too much alcohol. We've all seen how that can affect a game. But offering to order pizza for the table, once again, an opportunity to pass it around so that one person can buy dinner for one week and so on and so forth. Just another thing to take off a little bit of pressure from the game master so it's something they don't have to worry about. Some other gift ideas, if you're just looking to give a gift to your game master, maybe give them some some bad guy minis or tokens or standees, whichever you prefer in your game type. There's also all kinds of accessories out there for game masters, whether it's a GM screen or terrain tiles or initiative trackers, tons of stuff out there. You might think this seems like a no-brainer, but something that's happened to me in a game I've played before is a player brought me a mini and actively told me, I would love to see this creature be an enemy at some point in the game that we play. And I was happy to oblige. It didn't mean that I had to have that monster included on the very first encounter that where, where it could be used, but I definitely made a point that that enemy was used later because it was important to them. They wanted to see this gift they gave me be represented in the game and actually be useful. And if we're being honest, players really like defeating very complicated things. It may or may not have been a beholder. Also of note, you can never have too many dice. If you're just looking for a quick, simple, cheap gift, maybe another set of dice is a good idea. D&D players are often superstitious, so I never ever take dice as a terrible gift. In fact, if anything, it might be one of the most prized gifts I get year after year. Beyond that, I would say any other sort of cosmetic or aesthetic item that you can add to your game is also useful. I've been given anything from candles to LED lights and even some 3D dungeon tiles as a gift. Props are also pretty cool. I've bought like fake little keys that can be a fun thing to hand out in a game. These are all amazing gifts that can enhance your game or enhance other games down the line. I will never forget when a single player brought me a duct tape made key in a game that I was a player in and they handed to me. It was the most impressive thing I had ever seen at the table 
Because normally when you're given a key, you write on a piece of paper, I have a dungeon key and it's in my inventory. To have something physical, it just changed the way I felt about it. Even the act of using it, I didn't want to give it away. I wanted to keep it forever. Right. So we'll move away from buying stuff. We're all a little cheap these days and it's understandable. (laughs) Here's some other thoughts of things we can do to lighten the load from our game master and maybe bring some joy to everyone at the table in general. Offer to run a one-shot or a side game. When your game master is getting weighed down because the story's getting pretty tense, we've been playing week after week for months, and maybe so-and-so is going to be out for the next three or four sessions, offer to say, hey, what if I step in and uh, I'll run this game for a little bit and we can have a little side game. One of the best reasons why this stands out is because it allows you to really deep dive into a character's backstory in a very unique way. In a break, or at least between a season of one of the games that I played in, we had the amazing opportunity for another player to run a one-shot as a backstory from the character they actively play in the main game. This meant that I, as the Dungeon Master, not only got to play in that rare instance, but also the other players got to participate actively in the backstory and the building of what made a character who they are in the main game. When you think about how this fleshes out the world, there is no real better concept of collaborative world building. Every player got to contribute into the backstory of another character's origin. And on top of that, the actual story itself, the world in which all the players are actively playing in, got enriched. They evolved in a unique way. And lastly, this allowed for the creation of other NPCs that you could bring in later that even that player at the time had not yet thought of. And... To be honest, nothing makes you a better player than sitting behind the screen once in a while, making sure that you realize the amount of effort and the amount of work that goes into it and having to wrangle cats at the table in real time. You start to realize, oh, right, this is what I'm I'm doing every week when I show up to these games. And I think it makes you a better player. Something I look for also in my players is their own individual talents and how they can assist in helping the game. Yes, that means I lean on them very much for making sure the game can be as much improved as possible. An example I would give this is we have a very dear friend, Jackie, who is phenomenal artist, actually phenomenal. And she's often lended her skills as an artist for the creation of character portraits and other and other aspects. In fact, Jackie even created the very logo we use for our podcast. That's true. And a picture really is worth a thousand words. Like it helps a lot when we all have a visualization of a character. Imagine doing such a thing for an NPC. Wow. What a treat it would be for me as a GM. I have a player that can play the guitar very well. And he's offered to lend his skills with his guitar as a means to maybe play a character that is a bard or at least an NPC that's a bard. And we can use a song that he makes for our game. These are little tiny things that I may not have the necessary skill to be able to do myself, but by having them provide their skills into the game in that way, in this sort of unique way, it adds life and this really beautiful addition to what we're all sitting down to play. And, I mean, let's be honest, if he doesn't have the stage fright to sing in front of everyone, I'm not going to stop him. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, it's just cool. That's what we all want out of the game is for it to be a cool experience. So I was thinking of all of the ideas that we've talked about thus far, One of the single best gifts that could be given to a game master. Can you guess what I'm thinking of, Hollis? Hmm. 
I'm going to guess it's the money. It's got to be the money. It's not the money. Darn, I thought I had that one. Uh, here's where we continue beating the horse that we have been beating for quite a long time. Feedback is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful gift. It is. Feedback. Have you heard us talk about feedback yet? You know, it's almost as if we have an episode, a a very important episode, might even be one of our most popular episodes yeah. about. Hmm. But jokes aside, feedback is a wonderful, wonderful gift. This could be talking about something that you enjoyed from past session, even a past campaign. Like, a thank you means a lot to people. If you have a game master that you haven't even talked to in months, they would very much appreciate it if you sent them a message to say, Hey, you know, we still talk about that battle that you had for us where we fought that green dragon. And just telling them, Hey, I still remember that. It was really cool. Thanks for doing that. Some of the best experience I've ever had as a dungeon master has been when those players have provided me the necessary feedback so that I know what they loved at the table. It's not really that complex, but I think we keep repeating it because of how important it is. The way that we know as game masters, as dungeon masters, that you are truly enjoying what we're providing at the table and what we're creating together is that you tell us what it is that you're liking. And we get it. Sometimes that does come with criticism that makes you wary about letting us know. But that being said, there's no way to improve our game without knowing what it is you like and what it is you don't like. Give your DM the flowers. If you like the session that they had, let them know. Say, hey, you know that combat where we had to ignore and avoid the electrified floor? That was really, really crazy. I I was on the tip of my toes in every aspect of that combat. That's great feedback. Yeah, we can't stress enough. When it comes down to it, feedback is the best gift you can give to us because it's going to make the game a better game for everyone. One of the most obvious gifts is also just being a part of the game. This means if you know someone out there that likes running games or other friends that want to be a part of the game, you know, put it out there. Try to join a game and be a part of something. Just a few moments ago, one of my friends mentioned to me that I should consider running an additional game so they could take part. And nothing would make me happier. Part of that, of course, is that that friend rarely ever gets a chance to play the game with me. But being creative and having that as an outlet for that creativity is a really big, important piece of why I enjoy doing what I do. It's why Jeremy enjoys doing what he does. Some people find that creativeness in a lot of different aspects. For us, it's the world building. It's being able to craft a narrative that we think the table will enjoy. It's an encounter where the players are fighting tooth and nail and barely squeak out as the victor. These are all things that are important to us week after week, and they're things that keep people coming back to the table. This has come up before, and we've talked about it in a previous episode, but a great gift for your DM is simply coming to the table prepared. Coming to your table, wasting as little time as possible so that everybody can get down to the nitty-gritty of enjoying the game you're all there to enjoy. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every piece of advice that we've given to give a gift to your game master is really giving a gift to your game itself. It's trying to improve this game so that everyone at the table is having a better time. It just turns out that the GM is usually going to be the facilitator of this game, so pretty much anything you do is going to make their life better. One way that players do get the opportunity to assist you with that corralling of cats, as Jeremy so eloquently put, is talk to each other. Don't depend necessarily on only or solely your game master to facilitate all of these things. If you have a group chat, a team chat, a Discord group, Take the initiative and say, hey, is everyone ready for the game on Wednesday? Do you guys need any help with the character creation? Do you guys have questions about the way your character is meant to be played? Even go the route of asking, 
do you guys have any really good ideas on how our characters can be further connected? And then provide that feedback to that dungeon master. Your game can continue to improve week after week. I've got a player that makes a Google Calendar invite for all of the other players to let them know when the game is going to be. And it's just one less thing that I have to do and that I have to worry about. We mentioned food earlier. I've got players that every single week, they're the ones that take the initiative to ask, hey guys, what are we doing for dinner and snacks? Does anyone need help with the pickup or the delivery of said items? All of this allows for our game to flow beautifully. It makes sure everyone gets well fed. Everyone gets a nice beverage or snack they enjoy. And it builds the camaraderie at the table. People are happy to show up and everyone's trying to make sure we're all having a great time. I even have friends that carpool together that they organize that so that they can all get to the game on time this is wonderful once again the less that i have to worry about the more that i can focus on making the game experience better the sort of last thing that comes to my mind is something we've touched on before but i want to make sure that it's really focused and highlighted when you are a player and you get the option to get on the other side of the screen and you get to run a game you get the beautiful option of creating this amazing network of players that also can run other games that allow you to learn so much. I know that as a dungeon master myself, something I often do is borrow and steal ideas. And I do this time and time again. And also, we encourage that. We've even mentioned having a whole episode dedicated to stealing ideas because it is such a great idea to do so. And that episode is on the way, we assure you. Absolutely, take the opportunity to get your own dungeon master, game master chops. Practice behind the screen so you know exactly what goes into the making of a game. This is something that I can say I have directly benefited from. I had the honor and privilege, the luxury even, of running my friend Jeremy through one of his first few real games of Dungeons & Dragons. The result of that is I got to introduce this game to a number of friends who later went on to run their own campaigns, with their own groups, with their own concepts of what they wanted to build a world with. The end result of this has been I have learned infinitely more about how players enjoy tabletop games as a result of this. I do not get the ability to be anything close to as good as a game master as I have, I have been able to be without them also being able to take their turn behind the screen. Every game master has their own perspective and their own style of the way they do things. And when you get to witness those different styles as a game master, it influences the way that you do things. and you'll find yourself improving your game little by little with each game that you get to play in. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We all want to make the best game that we can for the players that come to our table. So if you are a player and you've thought about, I'd like to get myself behind that DM screen, see how good I'm at it, improve on things that I don't see my dungeon master necessarily being great at, use an opportunity, learn from each other, improve on what you all create, and you will have some truly amazing games. I don't think I could have said it better myself. Hollis, can you think of anything else that you would love to receive from your players, maybe even some players you've got right now? Solid gold dice, along with a gold dragon mini. Do you think those would roll okay? Probably not. It'd probably be definitely loaded, but I'm a DM. I get to make up the rules. That's true. We're just going to say it's a 17 regardless of what I roll anyway. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? Anything specific that you have in your head that you think you would love to receive as a, as a game master? I would love to play a game. It would be nice. <laughs> I've been running a lot of games lately, so playing a game would be really nice. That's about all I got, though. So, in the spirit of giving, 
go out there, give to your game masters. They would love to receive all that you've got to give. Once again, feedback is a big part of it. Take your time, enjoy every game you get to play, but also spend some time on the other side of the screen so you know what it's like. And these are ways that you and everyone at the table can improve together and still make great games. And also, while we're signing off, thank you for listening to us and participating in our podcast here at the 5x5 Room. We hope that you've had a good 2022, and here's to 2023. If you can't see, Jeremy and I are clinking uh, imaginary glasses together, uh, where we're going to drink our imaginary uh, mead, a.k.a. hog spit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening, and have a great year. Have a good night, and Happy New Year.